Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour One. Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the United States of America. The phone number, if you want to be on the program, 877-973-7425. As always, text ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777 to get the latest. There is breaking news on two fronts. One, uh, there will be no third vote for Jim Jordan at the moment in Congress. And two, Sidney Powell has pled guilty and agreed to testify against Donald Trump in the Georgia case. We will get to the Sidney Powell news shortly, but first I got a special guest. The Council General of Israel for the city of Atlanta, uh, and I, Sultan Dayton, and I'm apologizing if I'm butchering your name, but welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And a good effort on the name. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. So I I wanted to, I've been wanting to get you on the show. And, you know, I I know Alex, uh, who was with you for a while and and is now back home. And he suggested I reach out. So thank you for making some time. And I really just wanted to ask you about your perspective and what you can tell us as a representative of of the Israeli government on, on the state of affairs in Israel and how the country is going to proceed against this butchery that Hamas engaged in. So we are 12 days out from what has been the most terrible attack on not only Israelis since the establishment of the State of Israel 75 years ago, on Israeli civilians, but also on Jews since the Holocaust. We've had uh, 1,400 Israelis butchered, massacred, brutally. And uh, we have thousands injured. We have over 200 who have been abducted uh, and dragged into the Gaza Strip, taken hostage. And we are not only a nation in mourning, we are still burying our dead. We have still not finished identifying all of the bodies because of the grave situation that they're in due to the atrocities that Hamas has committed, that the Hamas terrorists have committed. But while we deal with our mourning, we are also very, very determined to fight this terror organization and to fight any terror threat emanating from the Gaza Strip, and we will do whatever it takes in order to eliminate the, the terror threat from Hamas and from any other terror organization from Gaza so that we will never again see such images. I, I have to just, just tell you, at a, a, a personal, emotional level, the, the conversations I've had with friends of mine who we grow up, uh, we learn about World War II and the Holocaust, and, and we wonder how on earth something like that could happen. And it, it disturbs me greatly 
that uh, Israel has shown the pictures of what Hamas did. Hamas live-streamed the attacks, and yet there are still people in, in this country and around the world who are like, oh, that didn't happen. It's it's deeply demented to me that, that people could, could see this, and now I, I understand that, that there are people who just refuse to see the evil for what it is. I agree. I agree. Um, and I think that at this time, it is all of our responsibility to bear witness to the atrocities that have been committed. It is, it is mind, really mind-boggling how Hamas has taken pride in these atrocities. They themselves published it in real time. They were mm-hmm. taking pride. They were celebrating. These atrocities were celebrated in the streets of, of, of Tehran and in, and in Palestinian territories. But the documentation is crucial, and that is the reason why we are also taking groups of journalists into our villages, our kibbutzim, where these terrible, terrible massacres have occurred so that they see with their own eyes the atrocities, the war crimes, the crimes against humanity that have been committed there. And it is on all of us to bear witness and to stand strong and share the truth in the face of those who now seek to spread lies. Now, as this expands and and Israel goes into a ground war, heads into Gaza, there are a lot of people who say, but what about the the Palestinians? Uh, Many of them are innocent. They're not on the side of of us. But can you just explain to the audience, I've I've explained, but, but having someone who is Israeli explain that Hamas embeds its infrastructure and war apparatus within the cities in Gaza, so there's really no way out. That's right. Not only within the cities, but intentionally within the civilian populations and within the, the, the locations that cynically it wants hit. And so they place their infrastructure, their weapons, they fire rockets from homes, from mosques, from hospitals, from schools. Israel makes every effort in order to avoid harming civilians and innocent lives. And that is why the IDF called on the, on the civilian population in northern Gaza to evacuate and move into southern Gaza so that they would not be harmed by the, the actions that the IDF needs to take. But while the IDF is, is requesting these civilians to move down south, what Hamas is doing is ordering them to stay put and even stay, setting up roadblocks in order to prevent them from evacuating. They are not only, Hamas is not only tar- targeting Israeli civilians committing a war crime against Israel. They are committing a war crime against their own people because they are intentionally placing them in harm's way. Now, moving forward um, with the security situation in Israel, uh, as they begin to get into ground operations, what is the concern about uh, in the north with Lebanon, Hezbollah, and the Iranian influence there? Uh, I I know Iran is saber-rattled, but what's the view of the Israeli government now in, in dealing with the northern border? 
Well, Iran, unfortunately, is relevant not just for a northern border. It's relevant for a southern border. It stands behind. It equips. It trains. It guides the the terror organizations, be it a Hamas in in Gaza, be it Hezbollah in Lebanon, and a country, a regime that dedicates itself to destruction, to death, to destabilizing, not just to harming Israel, to destabilizing the region and far beyond. That needs to be a concern, not just of Israel's, but of the entire international community. We are, we are working to address not only the situation vis-a-vis Gaza, we will not tolerate a threat to our country, to our borders, and to our people on the northern front. And that is why not only Israel has urged and has warned, be it Iran and be it other terror elements on our northern border, not to initiate and start another front on our, on our northern border. We will respond, and we will respond lethally. We will not allow for, a, for this situation to be taken advantage of a, in, in, in another, in another a, a, a front. We will respond there as well. And we know me. that we have the backing, and, and the United States and President Biden has sent a clear message on that as well. If you're just joining me, I'm talking to the Council General of Israel for Atlanta. Council General, can you talk about what Americans can do who have seen what's going on there and want to help the nation of Israel? What are ways that Americans might be thoughtfully able to lend aid? Well, we are seeing many beautiful, beautiful expressions of support. We know that we have so many friends here. I referred to to United States President Biden, but it goes down to so many levels and so many peoples and communities who are supportive, who understand what we are facing. I would say that uh, there are so many ways to support Israel currently. First and foremost, to be public about that support, because we are going to need it not just today, but in the days and weeks to come. Combat the, 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 the lies that are being spread. Don't adopt the, the false narratives. You know, if, a, if, if Palestinian Islamic Jihad is launching a rocket at Israel, which then misfires and hits a hospital, we expect of the international community, of the media, to see, to look, to wait, to look at the facts, rather than have this reflex of immediately accepting the word of a terror organization. And one of every five rockets that Hamas and Palestinian Islamic Jihad fire into Israel actually misfires and harms their own population. So combating the lies that are being spread and spreading the truth in the media, on social media, in conversations, that is incredibly, incredibly important. Now, um, there are different ways also and many, many initiatives for supporting the needs on the ground and a, a, that, that can be another way of supporting. I know that many, many have, have taken an initiative in supporting in that. Um, and I, I can offer also to anyone who's interested in knowing what is going on 
what maybe can be done, you're welcome to register also to our consulate's newsletter that is issued daily. And in there, we have a lot of information that can also help people in, in, in educating themselves about what actually is going on, and then hopefully helping to spread the message further. That's great. Listen, I, I know you, you have a lot to do, so thank you for spending time with me on, on the radio to talk about this. Uh, you're always welcome to come back. And, I mean, just God bless you and, and the people of Israel and what you're going with. And, and I'm happy to be here and, and push back on the lies and, and against the evil that, that they're just there's too much of. And it, Hamas needs to be eradicated. So thank you for what you do. Thank you. Thank you for your friendship, for your support, and for for giving a stage to this important conversation. Thank you. You're welcome. That is the Council General of Israel for the Southeast United States. I said Atlanta, but it's actually the Southeast United States. Uh, and was delighted to be able to, to reach out to her office and, and get her on. And again, as, as you're to reiterate, it is now very clear that the missile attack on the hospital in Gaza was not actually a missile attack. It was a misfired rocket. And the New York Times is today trying to do a both sides case of, well, we can't really confirm. There's a physical hospital building that's still standing that Hamas said was blown up. How can you do a both sidesism when you can actually go see the hospital? It's still there and the people are still alive. It's absolutely outrageous the way so many members of the press in this country want to dabble in both sidesism in a fight between good and evil. There is no sideline between good and evil, and yet that's where the American press would like to go. It turns out that if you want the media to echo your lies, disinformation, and misinformation, you, you can't be a Republican or Donald Trump. They'll fact check your butt off. But if you kill a bunch of Jews and you're a terrorist organization, well, they will just run your claims as if it's, if it's the gospel truth. Shame on them. Thank you again to the Council General for joining me. We'll be right back with more of the news. Hello there and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. Boy, do we have just a ton of stuff happening around today. So Jim Jordan, it doesn't look like there's going to be another vote. Uh, Jordan is now saying that he's willing to back Patrick McHenry until January. While he works to get the votes, he doesn't want to back out. Uh, some members of the House Republican Conference say they're not changing their minds in large part because they feel like they've been bullied. Uh, Congressman Drew Ferguson of Georgia says he and his wife have gotten death threats uh, for his. He voted for Jordan and then ultimately in the next vote voted for Steve Scalise says that generated death threats. Uh, Don Bacon from Nebraska as well. Uh, Jim Jordan says he's going to be supporting Patrick McHenry as speaker until January and hopes to have a vote on that. Uh, but you got a number of conservatives in the House who say no way. Um, absolutely not. Uh, McCarthy, uh, Kevin McCarthy, Patrick McHenry, Jim Jordan, Tom Cole, and Tom Emmer met this morning. Uh, they're going into a conference, a Republican conference, to try to hammer out exactly what they're going to do. Uh, there is a great bit of disagreement between House Republicans on how to proceed on the issue, but there is general consensus they got to do something quick because there's about to be a spending package for Ukraine. They need someone in the Speaker's chair presiding over it. Uh, there were protests around the country outside some Republican members' offices demanding that they vote for Jim Jordan. That actually has the opposite effect. Typically, it encourages 
the members to double dig in their heels and double down on what they were doing to begin with so they can show their voters they're not going to be intimidated or bullied. It actually doesn't help. Uh, the other interesting thing is that Jim Jordan was willing last night, it appeared, to, to sell out a couple of issues that conservatives wanted. One, he was willing to restore the SALT deduction in New York State and California. The SALT deduction is the, the state and local tax issue. Uh, the Donald Trump tax plan got rid of the SALT deductions for New York and California, uh, limited how much you could deduct on your state taxes, and that punished California, New York, and other high-tax states. The Republicans in those states said they would vote for Jordan if he got rid of it, and he caved. The other one is funding for Ukraine. He's now decided he would fund uh, Ukraine, something that for a long time he said he was opposed to. He's now willing to do it. So one way or the other, this is headed towards a lot of wobbliness. We will we'll see uh, where it goes. Um, but right now, Jim Jordan not asking for a third ballot. He does not have the votes. He will push to make Patrick McHenry the speaker for now until January. Um, maybe they'll do another motion to vacate the chair then, or they'll they'll come up with an agreement with McHenry that he stands down in January if they make him a speaker now. We'll see. Things are playing out. When we come back, we got the breaking news of Sidney Powell. She's cut a deal in Georgia, pled guilty to the state case in Georgia, the RICO case against Trump, and pledges to testify against him. I've got the details for you. Right now, i got to tell you about Patriot Mobile. They're a cell phone company that funds the conservative movement, and all you have to do is move your cell phone service to them. In exchange, you get guaranteed great service using the same cell towers. You probably already use it. You can even take your existing phone number to them. You go to patriotmobile.com slash eric, patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K. You sign up with Patriot Mobile. You move your cell phone service to them. And then, presto, you start getting great service, and they start funding the conservative movement. As their profits grow, their giving grows. They fund the Second Amendment cause, the pro-life cause, conservative candidates running for school boards around the country. They've got a proven model that works, so much left-wing groups have come after them. All they need you to do is move your cell phone service to them, and as their profits grow, their giving grows. You can call them at 972-PATRIOT. If you don't want to do it online, call them at 972-PATRIOT, 100% U.S.-based customer service. Tell them I sent you, and you get free activation with my name and great discounts if you're a veteran, a first responder, a teacher, an NRA member, so much more. PatriotMobile.com slash Eric or 972-PATRIOT. Tell them I sent you. Get free activation. Move your phone number to them or get a brand new line. Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number 877-973-7425. Before I get into the Sydney Powell stuff, I want to go on and, and take Stacy's call because it's relevant to the Israeli situation. Stacy, welcome. Two questions. Eric, if you were president speaking tonight to the U.S. citizens, what would you say to Hamas about killing and kidnapping our Americans and their return? The second question is, do you think the events of the past week and the reactions of Democrats during the past week will cause movement of Jewish Americans to stop voting for Democrats? Oh, great questions. Okay, so first of all, if I were president of the United States, what I would tell Hamas is about killing now, the death toll keeps going up, 31 Americans now we know were killed uh, and possibly a uh, number held hostage. I would say uh, that there can be nothing but the eradication of Hamas, uh, that we must avenge these Americans and we must do it by wiping out Hamas, joining Israel in doing what it takes to wipe out Hamas. Um, as far as a shift to the right, I do think that will happen 
to some degree, but I don't just think it will be Jewish Americans. Look, you've got Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez out there still spreading the lie that the Israelis blew up that hospital in Gaza when it turns out absolutely not to be true. I think stuff like that matters tremendously. And I think stuff like that uh, will force a reckoning. And I think that the Republicans politically are the ones who benefit from it if they can get their act together. Uh, And I don't know that they can. These people may just sit on the sidelines, but I, I think they will shift right when you have so much of the left being deeply hostile to uh, Jews and Israelis right now. It's it's just profound to have Hamas live stream the attack and have some Americans say, ah, it didn't happen. They wanted you to see it. And and some of you just still don't believe that it happened. It's, it's bizarre to see that going on in this country, but there we have it. Now, I got to shift to Sidney Powell. This is Breaking news, Sidney Powell is one of the defendants in the RICO case in Georgia over uh, the 2020 election, and she has agreed to plead guilty. Now, she's getting a real slap on the wrist, and there's a hint of why. She was charged with felonies. She was charged with felony racketeering and six other felony conspiracy counts for her role in what happened in Coffee County, Georgia, after the 2020 election. She is instead going to plead guilty to six misdemeanor counts of conspiracy to commit intentional interference with performance of election duties. As part of her deal, she uh, recorded a video statement with prosecutors. She agreed to testify truthfully in the case. She will receive six years probation. She will pay a $6,000 fine. She'll pay $2,700 in restitution to the Georgia Secretary of State's office to replace election equipment in Coffee County, and she wrote a letter of apology to the citizens of Georgia. Now, here's the thing. Let's just focus on the first part. Powell agreed, this is from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, Powell agreed to testify truthfully in the case and recorded a video statement with prosecutors. Now, what would the video statement with prosecutors be? Well, it's a a statement that will record key facts so that if between now and the future trial of Donald Trump, she changes her mind on or goes wobbly on, they'll be able to pull out the statement and say, this is what you said to get your plea deal. And if she deviates from it, they'll be able to wipe out the plea deal and, and uh, redo the felony charges. This is the wildest plot line twist in this season of Donald Trump's Trump show. No one saw it. And, and, and you know, you, you also have, what's his name? Um, Lynn Wood. Lynn Wood was never charged. Lynn Wood uh, was tied to Sidney Powell on a number of the claims, and Lynn Wood was never charged. Lynn Wood has denied he was uh, cooperating, a, a cooperating witness. He's, he's denied uh, a lot of statements uh, that were and claims made about why he wasn't charged, but that Sidney Powell pled guilty does suggest that some of the testimony Lynn Wood was willing to give that led to him not being charged probably was pretty damning to Sidney Powell. That's speculation on my part, but I think it's reasonable speculation. So what does this mean for Donald Trump? Well, okay. 
I hate to be the bearer of bad news for those of you who want to see Donald Trump buried under the prison. What we know is that Sidney Powell was not fully plugged into the Trump operation. In fact, uh, Donald Trump was persuaded by Mark Meadows, of all people, that Sidney Powell was a crazy person and he shouldn't have anything to do with her. So I don't know that she really does have the goods on Donald Trump, frankly. I don't know that she does. Because, again, she was at arm's length with Donald Trump. Now, I, I realize that if you're on the left, much like people on the right. This is one of the things I found. When, when, when you come to conspiracy theories, if it's a right-wing conspiracy theory, they know all the facts, and even the facts that aren't facts, they've got it all woven together. Same on the left. They know all the facts and all the facts that aren't facts. They've got it all woven together. So if you're on the left, you undoubtedly are of some belief that Sidney Powell had deeper connections to Donald Trump than she actually did. Uh, you, you, you've gotten some website to run some video, some explainer from the Vox kids or someone to explain to you how incestuous the ties were and interlinked and stuff. And a lot of it's simply just not true. So a lot of you think this is a big deal that's going to dig a grave for Donald Trump, and it's probably not going to do that. Because, again, the, the ties between Trump and Powell were tangential, but there is a problem for Donald Trump. He's charged in Georgia under the RICO statute. So let's say Sidney Powell only had tangential ties to Donald Trump. Under the Georgia RICO statute, if Donald Trump can be tied to the criminal enterprise of overthrowing the election, and Sidney Powell has now pled guilty to related charges. Well, under the Georgia RICO statute, that can be pinned on Donald Trump, even though the ties between Sidney Powell and Donald Trump are tangential. You got to show a, a criminal enterprise. And what is the criminal enterprise? The criminal enterprise is the theft of the election. That's the criminal enterprise. You get the theft of the election. So you get the theft of the election you say it's a criminal enterprise. Sidney Powell participated in trying to steal the election. Well, then her pleading guilty to trying to steal the election is imputed to Donald Trump as part of the criminal enterprise. It sounds unfair, doesn't it? That's RICO. Criminals in particular don't like RICO because it allows you to take uh, underlying, unrelated, tangentially related incidents and tie them all together. Why? Because RICO was originally designed to go after the mafia. And then it was expanded to go after gangs. And in Georgia, it was expanded even further to go after corrupt businesses and things like that. The whole point of, of RICO, the racketeering influence, um, oh, what is, I, I can never, Corrupt Organizations Act, yeah, RICO, um, is you take a group of people who are all engaged in a common effort. The common effort is to overturn the election. But each of those individuals does different unrelated things. So one person's not calling all the shots, but they're all in it together to the common enterprise, the common enterprise to overturn the election. So Joe Blow goes off and does X. 
Sally Mae goes off and does Y. Donald Trump goes off and does Z. Well, they're all unrelated to each other on the surface superficially, but when you dig beneath them, they're all efforts to overturn the election. So they all become tied together in one enterprise. That's why RICO is such a bad case for Donald Trump, because you do have these these people who harassed, uh, what's her name, Ruby Freeman, the election worker. They intimidated her. They tried to get her to alter her testimony, among other things, if, if what is alleged is true. And they were all talking to other people, and those people were talking to Donald Trump. So Donald Trump essentially is at the top of the pyramid, and you got all this this flowing out from him, all these unrelated people who never talked to Donald Trump, but it's all part of the criminal enterprise to overthrow the election on behalf of Donald Trump. That all gets tied to Donald Trump. So Sidney Powell has now pled guilty to six misdemeanor counts of conspiracy to commit intentional interference with performance of election duties. Those misdemeanors will be imputed to Donald Trump, and she has pled guilty to them, and she will testify, and that will be a bad thing for Donald Trump. So now let's reprioritize the legal cases against Donald Trump. You have the uh, New York City case. You have the Washington, D.C. stolen election case. You have the Atlanta, Georgia stolen election case. And you have the South Florida uh, classified documents case. The classified documents case is still the most serious case against Donald Trump. It is the most serious case because it's kind of a black and white case. If a grand jury asked for documents, Donald Trump didn't hand over the documents, he's guilty. That's the most serious case. The second most serious case I've always said was the Atlanta case because it's a RICO charge. This case now becomes more serious because you've got guilty pleas. And you've got guilty pleas from people who now agree to testify against the other defendants, which means against Donald Trump and his co-defendants. And it'll be part of a criminal enterprise to overturn the election that implicates Donald Trump. And Sidney Powell may say, well, I never had contact with Donald Trump. I, I, I didn't have anything to do with Donald Trump. I, I, I talked to the other people. But then some of those people talked to Donald Trump, and so it's all tied together in RICO. That's how RICO works. This becomes a more serious case for Donald Trump. I still don't think the, the, the D.C. case is as serious. It's a big deal because the judge is clearly out to get Donald Trump. The judge is clearly out to get Donald Trump, and there's really nothing he can do about it. And the New York case, I don't think the New York case even goes to trial. I, I think it's a laughable case, and I think it'll get thrown out uh, in some upcoming appeals. It's just a garbage case. But there you have it. This this RICO case in Georgia was always the more important case to the two stolen election cases because of the way Georgia RICO works. But it's now a much more substantive and serious case because, well, we got a guilty plea from Sidney Powell. That's a big deal. Now, I got to tell you about Americans for Prosperity. They are going around the country telling people why Bidenomics is such a bad thing. And they're not only telling people why it's bad, but they're telling people how to fix it, which is always good. They're offering solutions and they're offering free market solutions for limited government. So they want you on their side. They want to teach you how to be a great conservative activist to explain to your neighbor, your local government, your state government, why Bidenomics is bad and how to fight it at the state level, how to push back on it. All you have to do is go to americansforprosperity.org slash Eric, americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. 
You sign up, you're one of more than 4 million activists with Americans for Prosperity nationwide. Not only are you an activist with them, but they educate you. They talk to you about how to talk to your friends and your local government and your state government to explain why free markets and free people are a great idea. They've got chapters all over the country, 36-plus states. They're organizing the rest of them. They want you a part of the cause. Americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. Americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. Welcome back. It's Eric Erickson here. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan in Noonan, Georgia. They help people all across the nation grow their businesses. If you're buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, reach out to them. FirstLibertyGA.com. FirstLibertyGA.com. Tell them I sent you. Now, I got asked in commercial break, can I kind of simplify what's happened in Georgia? Let me simplify and explain to you the situation in the Georgia RICO case against Donald Trump as best I can. Sidney Powell was charged with six or seven felonies in Georgia related to a racketeering case. The state of Georgia claims that there was a criminal enterprise to overthrow the election in Georgia, that Sidney Powell, Donald Trump, and others were a part of it. Sidney Powell has pled guilty not to felony charges, but misdemeanor charges related to conspiracy to commit intentional interference with the performance of election duties. Sidney Powell is now agreeing to testify against the other defendants, including Donald Trump. This becomes a problem for Donald Trump because under RICO, If you prove there was a criminal enterprise, there was an organized effort to overthrow the election in Georgia, each person's individual actions as part of that enterprise are imputed to all the other people in the enterprise, even if they had nothing to do with that particular aspect of it. It's one of the ways RICO is so powerful at taking down organized crime and gangs because you can have uh, three people who do something that the other people in the group are unaware of, but because it goes to the overall purpose of the crime, which in this case is overthrowing the election, their actions are imputed to all the other people. So Sidney Powell pleading guilty to interference with the election is now imputed to all the other people in the RICO case if they are found to be in a criminal enterprise to overthrow the election. So the first step regarding Donald Trump will be to determine, is he part of this criminal enterprise? If he is part of the criminal enterprise, unfortunately for him, someone who's admitting to be part of the criminal enterprise and is willing to testify against him is pleading guilty to crimes. This case suddenly gets much more serious for Donald Trump, given the way racketeering cases work in the state of Georgia. This case went from a bit of a nothing burger to all of a sudden uh, could potentially find the former president in serious hot water. Sidney Powell has agreed to testify against the other defendants as to her role in this. uh, And because she pled guilty to intentional interference with performance of election duties, it's tied into the overarching structure of the alleged criminal enterprise, which was to overturn the election. This is bad for Donald Trump, but it's not nearly as bad as the classified documents case in Florida, where all they have to show is he withheld documents from a grand jury that requested them. 
Is there a way out of this for Donald Trump? Yes, there's an easy way out of this for Donald Trump. The easy way out of this for Donald Trump is to show he had no knowledge of anything related to a criminal enterprise to overthrow the election. He was just someone relying on his lawyer's advice. That actually is a way for Donald Trump to get out of this. The question, however, is what is Sidney Powell willing to testify about? That's the bigger issue here. What is she willing to testify about? What is she willing to say? Uh, what is her knowledge? Uh, people close to Donald Trump believe that Sidney Powell was at arm's length and was not directly engaged with uh, or in any of the conversations with Donald Trump. If so, that provides him a level of deniability. Also, don't forget that Fulton County is not a super Democrat county. There actually are a lot of Republicans, and just one of them on the jury could sabotage the entire prosecutor's case. If that one person just simply digs in their heels and refuses to find Donald Trump guilty, jury nullification is a thing. That's the lay of the land in Georgia. Sidney Powell pleading guilty to six misdemeanor counts of conspiracy to commit intentional interference with performance of election duties. She will pay a $6,000 fine, reimburse the state of Georgia $2,700 for some tampered with election equipment. She wrote a letter of apology to the people of Georgia. She'll receive six years probation, and she will agree to cooperate with the prosecution and testify against the other defendants. Now, when we come back, the other big breaking news of the day, Jim Jordan doesn't have the votes. They're bailing on a third ballot. They're going to cut a deal to make Patrick McHenry the Speaker of the House. I'll give you the latest. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.